Hello, and welcome back to the Balance and Barbells podcast. My name is Kayla, and I'm your host. This podcast is all about becoming 1% better every single day and just bringing you the helpful tools and resources to structure your fitness, nutrition, and health plan. On today's episode, we're diving into starting your fitness journey as a complete beginner and things that I wish I knew in the beginning of my journey, plus how to start being a morning person because I think that's a crucial part in becoming successful with your fitness and health journey. If you're new around here, we start every single podcast episode with a tip of the week, a workout of the week, and a word of the week. And I started doing this just because I wanted to have some just like little tidbits of knowledge that I could share with you guys, things that were kind of on my mind. One, a lot of people are always asking for workout requests, but also I just have like tips and little words that I like to focus on throughout the week. And I thought it would be fun to share those with you. So we share those every single week. I'm going to dive into the tip of the week, which is understanding that you are responsible for your happiness in your life. I think that as we're coming out of the winter season, I've had a lot of conversations with people around the winter depression and how mood is just kind of repairing itself lately. I feel more motivated. I feel more excited about the changes that are happening, regardless of how challenging they are. In the wintertime, it kind of felt like there was a lot of dead ends and even being challenged by a lot of these different things was hard to kind of just grasp with. And I know this is true for a lot of people, but I thrive in the summertime. I feel my most productive. I feel like my work is the best. I feel like I can accomplish anything. And I know it has a lot to do with just getting enough vitamin D and being out in the sun more. I saw a meme the other day that was like, I'm just a complicated plant. Like I'm not getting enough sun in the winter. And that's so true. I really don't feel like I get enough sun and I don't get enough outside time. And when the summer comes around, I just thrive. I feel my best and I'm more open-minded and more positive to a lot of the things that life is throwing at me, even if it's challenging. I just feel like I have the time and the energy to dedicate my time to it to become better and get stronger through it. And I really just want you to remember that you're responsible for the happiness in your life, regardless of your situation and regardless of what time of season it is. It can be really hard to kind of pull yourself out of a winter depression, or if you're dealing with something that's really challenging, it can be very weighing and it can feel like it's taking up all of your energy. But at the end of the day, you're the only one who can get yourself out of your situation and the work that you do every single day is what's going to help you ultimately get to the goal that you have set for yourself. So try and remember that when you're dealing with something challenging and just really focusing your inner workings on becoming better. Like I say, 1% better every single day, but also just positive speaking and making sure that you're not giving your happiness to situations that are out of your control and you are dictating the happiness that you are letting be the happiness in your life. It's just a good reminder that even though we can't control all of the situations around us, we can control how we react to them and how we respond to them and the energy that we give it. For the workout of the week, Pilates is my go-to right now. I haven't been doing a lot of Pilates classes, but this happens every single year when the weather gets warmer. I just want to grab a cute matching set, go get a coffee, and go to a Pilates class. I was obsessed with the Greek classes last year, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically a really intense version of Pilates that's slowed down and really focuses on intensity, control, and timing of movements. I've never been so sore as I have been after a Legree class, and I honestly love doing little classes and going out and having outings during the summertime. I just think it's one, a way to get out of the house, and and like in the wintertime, it's just hard in general to get out and go to the gym. I definitely don't want to be going to Pilates class in the middle of a snowstorm. It's just harder, and you're not like walking around getting sun, but there is a vibe about going to a Pilates class in the middle of the afternoon, grabbing a coffee 
and just kind of walking around after your Pilates class in the sunshine, doing like an outdoor shopping spree at an outdoor mall or going to lunch and getting a salad and a cute drink. It's just a vibe in and of itself. And I'm really excited for those workouts that I'll be doing in the summertime. That's just at least the time that I like to do Pilates. So I feel that coming back for me and I'm excited to be jumping into a few Pilates classes and Legree classes. And I'll share any of the ones that I really like. I kind of jump around from club to club. I don't really stick with one place and get like a membership there. And that's just because I haven't found a place that I like yet. But I do like to try a bunch of different clubs and a bunch of different instructors. I think it's just really fun. And I know in a way I'm late to the Pilates game. There's people who do Pilates every single day. And I would honestly love to do that. But it's just not my main style of training. I've considered kind of getting more into that, especially with my Hashimoto's and when I have flares and focusing on more low impact exercise movements and forms of exercise. But I just haven't fully committed. One, like I said, I haven't found a studio that I love. And two, it's just a little more pricey that I want to be spending on just one form of exercise. I really enjoy my weightlifting. I really enjoy my spin classes. So I haven't gotten into that just yet, but the girls who do Pilates every single day, I do envy you in a way. Now, I've been talking to a lot of my friends about just kind of life in general, but also how this year has been going, how now that we're out of Q1 and now we're in Q2, what some of their goals are and how they're feeling in general. And the word of the week that I want to inspire you with is new. Just know that it's a new month. It's a new season. It's going to be a lot of new possibilities coming your way. And if you accept them and you're open to them, there's no end to what you can do with all of the possibilities. A lot of the people I've been talking to have expressed that they just kind of feel stuck. And I would agree that this year has felt like a very motionless and kind of overwhelming year, just being that There's a lot of challenges and areas that are hard to overcome, and it kind of just feels like a season of being stuck and wanting to grow, but also trying to get out of the comfort zone and out of the areas you kind of thought you'd be in to grow and accept those new possibilities. And it's probably the new season that we are moving into and just having more of that energy, kind of less of that winter depression, that I feel like accepting some of those new possibilities and being open to those challenges that they're bringing is going to be really fruitful. And I'm really excited about some of the changes that are coming, even though they're like far out of my comfort zone. I think once you get into an area where you're stuck, you get into your imposter syndrome and it can be really easy to look at all the areas of where you don't feel like you are good enough or how are you qualified to do these things or these areas grew really fast and you're not really sure how to handle them. And it's all about being one adaptable but also being really accepting and just kind of flexible with how you accept the challenges that are coming your way and being willing to make those subtle changes or accept the newness that's coming with the next phase and the next chapter. So I just want to inspire you to look at this new season as motivation and to grow your goals and your routines and really shift into the new season with some actionable items. It can look different for everybody on what that is exactly, but make sure you're challenging yourself and getting out of your comfort zone. Do something new this week. All right, I'm sure you guys have all heard about the Lemon 8 app. If not, it's a new app by the creators of TikTok. And in my opinion, it's very similar to Pinterest and blogging, kind of the old style of Instagram. 
this is not an ad. I feel like anytime that you talk about Lemonade right now, everyone's curious if it's an ad and it's just because so many people are talking about it right now. I personally am in love with this. I think that it is my new favorite social media app. It is just so fun and creative. And I kind of feel like with a lot of the other social media platforms, everything started to just become the same. Everyone was creating the same content. The style of content that everyone was liking started to trend. And then basically your whole feed just became repeated trends from a different person. And I started to get sick of it. I started to not want to be on social media. I started to have this funk with social media where I didn't want to create the trends or I didn't want to consume them. So I just wouldn't be on social media for a little bit. And this is just kind of like a new version of social media that I'm personally vibing with. I think that it really doesn't put you in a box of what you can create. And I've seen a lot of really creative ideas from different creators and just people that I would never connect with because the algorithms won't show me these people. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm seeing content from people that aren't influencers on any other platform. And I think it's so fun because you can just be as creative with it as you want. And I don't feel like you're put in a box like you are with the other social media apps where if you kind of go out of the realm of what's normal or what's trending, your videos usually tank so you can't get as creative with it. Whereas I truly believe that the users and the creators are determining what is growing on this platform. So that's kind of my take on it. If you haven't joined yet, you should check it out even just to kind of scroll for a little bit. I got shot on it the other day and he said that there isn't a ton of creators on there that he personally enjoys yet, but he's excited to kind of see where it goes from there. But I've seen a ton of other creators join this week and my username is Kayla Dirk on there like it is on all other social media channels. So if you wanna be friends on there, I would love to follow along with your journey and I'll link it in the show notes so you can just access it from there. All right, let's jump into today's podcast episode, which is starting your fitness journey as if you were a beginner and some of the things that I learned along the way that I wish I would have known when I was first starting out. I wish I would have known that every single person that is speaking on the internet does not necessarily have the qualifications to be talking about a specific subject, especially when it comes to fitness and nutrition. I grew up in the early 2000s and I was a part of that whole era where there was, I call it the sweet potato and egg white era. It's when YouTube started to get really big around 2014 to 2018 and every single influencer on there was only eating like sweet potatoes and egg whites and looking back at some of the foods and things that people were recommending just because they had a big name on social media or they had seen some kind of results are not necessarily the only ways to one, see results and they're not necessarily the way to see results. I think it can be really challenging to kind of identify who is qualified to be speaking on certain topics, especially if they have a large following and they have results in their body. The one thing that I want to say is just because you eat and work out the same way as somebody else does not mean that you're going to look like them. It's never going to happen. They are their own person. They have their own genetics. They have their own everyday activity, it's all going to be specific to them. So just because you do something exactly the same way as somebody else doesn't mean that you're going to look like them. So it's not going to be the foods that they're eating. It's not going to be the workouts that they're necessarily doing. They play a role in that, but just because somebody is doing it doesn't mean that it's meant for you. For example, sweet potatoes are a very triggering food for me personally because of my Hashimoto's. So I don't enjoy a lot of sweet potatoes for the reason that I can't enjoy them. It doesn't help my thyroid. It hurts me. So if I'm eating a lot of sweet potatoes, I'm actually seeing negative side effects just because of what is personally 
my ability to process sweet potatoes and what my body does with the Hashimoto's. But sweet potatoes are a great complex carbohydrate and they're great for a lot of people. They're satisfying, they're sweet, they're easy to use and versatile. So I would never tell somebody that they shouldn't be eating sweet potatoes just because for me specifically, they don't work. And I think that was something big back in the dieting years and the dieting phases. I grew up in the almond mom phase, just where people talked a lot about eating very little, eating very small meals. It was very taboo to ever eat meals that were over 300 calories. I remember growing up 16 to 18 thinking that my meals could never exceed 300 calories and I was starving. And then I got to a point where my metabolism really slowed down and the more that I learned and the more that I educated myself and the more that I got myself in the position that I am now, I know that that's not true and that my body thrives better on longer, bigger meals and having less snacks. And it's just so important to remember that not everybody who has an outlet to speak is necessarily educated or qualified to be giving advice on those things. And you really need to vet out who you're taking advice from and understanding the effects of the advice that they're giving. Now, I'm not saying you have to find like the most qualified person to take any kind of advice from. There are people that are motivating that may not have the qualifications or the certifications that are required for you to be necessarily coaching or teaching on a certain subject, but you can learn things from other people, just not take not taking it as the only path or as gold and that that is the way that you have to do it. Because trust me, if you look for something that is going to be the success for your weight loss and your health journey, you will find another article or another person talking about how it won't be and how it's the downfall of the results that you want to see. There's going to be contradicting information out there from any topic you can think of because people have the platform to talk about what they believe. And if I was to go out there and say sweet potatoes aren't good for you, I could do that. I could say that and I could make somebody believe that sweet potatoes aren't good for you, but they're not good for me. That doesn't mean that they're not good for you. And it's important you kind of decipher the difference between the two. The second is that you have to meet yourself where you're at. And I think that the biggest thing that you need to remember around this is Everyone kind of has somebody that they are looking up to or idolizing or using as motivation when they start their fitness journey. And there's probably just one or two people you can pinpoint in your head that you're like, yeah, they are my motivation. That's who I want to look like. And the person that you're idolizing or looking at for information isn't necessarily at the same phase that you're at. And more than likely, they're past that point and they have years of progress ahead of you. And you can't just think that you're going to start on day one and see results quickly and be similar to them within a couple of months because everything takes time. It takes structure and it takes consistency and dedication. And I think that is a big area where a lot of people will find downfall in their fitness plan where they're just not aware of how much time and dedication and structure that's needed in a plan. And that moves into the third point, which is motivation is not going to be the key to your success. I think a lot of us rely on motivation and it lets us down very frequently. Even this week, I'm dealing with very low motivation. I'm tired a lot. I don't want to wake up and do my 5 a.m. workouts. I'm not loving my 5 a.m. workouts right now. And my motivation is just low. But what's getting me through is my dedication and my routines. Having a routine where I work out at a specific time every single day is just kind of like I I do this, not I am I going to do it or do I want to do it? It's just a matter of fact. I do it. I wake up at 5 a.m. and I go to the gym. 
and I go through the motions. If I'm super sore and I can't make it work, I find another way to incorporate some sort of movement in my morning routine, whether that be walking, stretching, yoga, meditation, something that's going to still keep me in routine and keep me dedicated to my goal. Motivation dies down frequently. There's ebbs and flows of it, and it's not going to be something that's going to be able to get you through. And if you're strictly relying on your motivation, you're never going to achieve the goal. You will fail because your motivation will die down. But if you're strictly relying on your processes, your systems, the structure you have set for yourself, your routine, you will be able to see success just from the fact that you're dedicated and consistent. And no matter how you're feeling that day, no matter where motivation is at, you are just following a plan and your action items that you have set for yourself. Number four, muscle takes a very long time to build and a very structured plan with diet, nutrition, and training. And I think that when people associate muscle with training, their terminology is usually they want to get toned. But in order to get toned, you have to build muscle. So getting toned is the process of building muscle and losing fat. And that's where you just see more muscle mass on your body. So you have a toned appearance to you. But building muscle takes a long time. And just statistically, here are the numbers on how long it actually takes to build muscle. If you're following a structured plan and you have your protein in line, your nutrition in line, your training consistently, a beginner will typically start to see muscle development and muscle changes within eight weeks. But somebody who's more advanced and has more muscle mass on them and is looking to get stronger and build more muscle mass, it can take anywhere from three to four weeks and it can be even more challenging because your body has kind of adapted and you have to make sure that you're applying progressive overload to build that strength up. You can't be doing the same workouts over and over and over again and staying comfortable. You have to apply that progressive overload, which I kind of ran into point five, which is applying progressive overload. I'm always preaching progressive overload to you. I'm always preaching the importance of changing up your workout plans, but understanding that you don't consistently have to change your workout plans. You don't need to scrap what you've been doing the last eight weeks and completely do new exercises. What you need to do is prioritize progression, prioritize strength building, increasing the weights that you're using, increasing the reps and sets that you're doing, decreasing rest times. You need to see small progressions in all exercises and they need to continually continuously be challenging. If you find that your workouts are just comfortable, like you can get through them, you can get to your eight to 12 reps pretty easily, and you could consistently do more than what you have scheduled, it's time for you to up your intensity. And that's all about what progression is for in your training. Most of the people that I work with that are seeing the best results are the people that are sticking with the same workout plans, but they're progressing. I mean, it's the same exercises. So they're working with the same exercises that they have been for months because they're working muscle groups and we're targeting muscle groups, but we're focusing on progression. We're focusing on increasing the intensity so that you can see the strength and the muscle mass in return. Number six, stretching and mobility is crucial for recovery and for targeting muscles. If you are not stretching and applying mobility into your workouts, you may not be getting the full range of motion when you are doing your exercises, which means that you may not be targeting the muscle groups that you're trying to target. If you have tight hip flexors, for example, and you're trying to do squats and deadlifts, you are going to be using different muscles than what you're hoping to target with squats 
because your hip flexors are preventing you from targeting those muscle groups. But if you have a proper warm up, you're stretching regularly, you're increasing mobility, you're focusing on mobility, increasing exercises, you are going or strengthening exercises, you're going to be seeing that your form is better and that you're able to target muscles groups much better than you would be when you are tight and when you're not focusing on mobility. This is something that took me years to learn and something that I definitely neglected even in my soccer days, even in my just weightlifting days. It definitely can lead to injury. That's the biggest thing that will happen when you're not paying attention to your strength and mobility. But it also can affect the progress that you're seeing because you're not fully able to target those muscle groups. Number seven, focusing on the mind and muscle connection. This is basically when you're paying attention to an exercise and you're using your mind to really target the muscle group that you are going after. So if you are doing hamstring curls, if you're not paying attention to the mind and muscle connection, you could easily be using momentum and and swinging the hamstring curl to get to full extension versus if you are slowing the movement down, focusing on form and really paying into the mind muscle connection of targeting your hamstring to complete the exercise, you're going to see a lot more growth and development because you are actually targeting the muscle that you are trying to target versus using momentum and energy to complete the exercise. And when you're starting out, I think a lot of beginners are just kind of going through the motions, doing any of the machines that there are available, not really sure what to do. And form is not always top of mind as much as it is just kind of getting through the workout. And the mind-muscle connection is so important and something that I preach religiously just because you shouldn't be going into the gym and just wasting energy. If you truly want results, you need to be paying attention to the muscles that you're targeting and truly paying attention to how you're targeting them, using the energy that you're putting out there to get something back. And you do that through mind-muscle connection. Number eight is nutrition is key. You cannot have a perfect training plan and completely neglect your nutrition. Everyone's nutrition is going to look different. There are so many clients that come to me that are not eating enough. There are so many clients that come to me that are eating too much. And then I get clients that come to me that don't know what to eat. So they eat insane amounts of sugar. They eat insane amounts of processed foods. And their biggest problem is they're going to the gym religiously. They're consistent. They're paying attention to my muscle connection, but they're not seeing results. And it's because their protein is out of whack. They're eating zero carbohydrates or they're eating drastic amount of carbohydrates and high fats and low protein. And they're not aligning their nutrition to help them see success from all of their training that they're putting in the energy every single day. So remember that nutrition really is the deciding factor of what results you see. If you're trying to build muscle mass and you're eating 30 grams of protein a day, what are you doing? Your body has to get that energy from somewhere and it's going to pull it from your glycogen stores and it's going to pull it from your muscle mass if you're not providing it with the nutrients that it needs. And we don't want to pull from our muscle. So that's why it's important to focus on paying attention to giving our body protein and allowing it to go through the process of protein synthesis and growing our muscles throughout the hard work we're putting in. And I truly preach that balance is everything. I don't want you so strict and restrictive that you think that you can't eat your favorite foods, that sugar is bad, you can't go out to eat, you can't have alcohol. Like, I want you to figure out a way to balance all that in, but don't align nutrition to being a diet And don't align working out as being the end all of seeing results because nutrition is massively important when it comes to seeing the results that you want. 
And sometimes you have to really take an aggressive approach to your nutrition and it sometimes requires stages of you cutting some foods out or really lowering your sugar intake or lowering your alcohol intake, things that are sometimes uncomfortable and not enjoyable, but they do make it so that you can see the results that you want. And then it's all about building balance and maintaining that so you have a lifestyle with your nutrition. I never want anybody to feel like they're on a diet plan, that they can't have foods they love, and that they are basically going to have to eat that way the rest of their life if they want to maintain the results. But sometimes there are phases that you have to go through where it's a little bit more strict And it's a little bit more rigorous for you to get to that point. And then we build back up to a point where it's more maintainable. Number nine is that rest is just as crucial as all of the training and the energy that you're putting into your workouts every single day. When you are not allowing your body proper rest and proper recovery, you're not allowing your cells to repair and you're not allowing muscle mass to rebuild. When you are working out, this is when your muscles break down. This is when you get little tiny tears in your muscles and they start to build back up through rest and through proper nutrition. So if you're not giving yourself an adequate amount of rest, you're not sleeping enough and you're not recovering, you're not allowing your body to be at the point of repairing. So that way when you go into your next workout, you're able to give your all and you're able to become stronger because you're giving your all during those workouts. I think that for most people, that looks like at least one to three days of rest a week, but that can look different for everybody. Some people need more, some people need less, but it is important to prioritize your rest days. They can be active recovery rest days if you still feel like you need some walking, but you need adequate rest and that is through rest days and that is through sleep. So aiming for seven to nine hours of sleep a night and making sure that you are well rested. Sleep is so crucial for seeing results And that's one of the first areas I look at with all of my clients. If they have things aligned and they're still not seeing results, we look at your sleep and we pay attention to how much recovery you're allowing your body, which brings us to number 10. And that is, it isn't about doing a lot of exercises. It's about doing high quality exercises. You don't need to be doing 15 exercises when you go to the gym. You don't need to be clocking in two hours of exercise every single day. What you need is five to six, maybe seven or eight really good, high quality, intense exercises that are at least three to four compound movements and then sprinkling in isolated movements that target specific muscle groups. For example, if you're doing a leg day, I don't want you adding in every single leg exercise that you can think of. What I want you to do is pick five to seven really high quality movements that are going to be intense and that you're going to focus all of your energy on during that training. I don't want you cruising through those five exercises and getting out of there in 15 minutes. What I want you to do is use the time you have to really hone in on those exercises, focus on the mind-muscle connection, and focus on your form and increasing your weight. Being honest with yourself, do you feel like you could increase your weight? Are you challenging yourself? Having to give yourself enough rest time that you can go all out during your sets. And let me just give you an example. If you're doing a leg day, I don't want you in there doing every single exercise. What I want you to do is do three compound movements. So let's pick squats, deadlifts, and step-ups. These are gonna be targeting multiple muscle groups within these exercises. So you're not gonna just be focusing on your glutes or your hamstrings or your quads. You're focusing on multiple 
different areas and multiple different muscle groups. These exercises are usually heavier and they're much more intense because they require a lot from you. And then for the remaining two to three exercises that you're going to have, you're going to sprinkle in isolated exercises. And these focus on one muscle group. So you're really going to be spending time focusing on that mind-muscle connection, focusing on calling that muscle that you're targeting and paying attention to it during form. For example, you could be doing hamstring curls, quad extensions, calf raises. These are all isolated exercises that are targeting one muscle group. And that's how you structure your training plan to be intense, but not spending a specific amount of time or doing a specific amount of exercises per se. It's more about the quality of the exercises. And lastly, having a plan and having a structure around that plan. I do one-on-one coaching for one specific reason. Every single person has different needs when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to training, when it comes to their lifestyle, when it comes to injury. You have a plan that you need to have for yourself. Not everyone is a 5 a.m. morning person. Not everyone likes to work out in the morning. Some people like to work out at night. You need to make a plan that works for you. Otherwise, you're never going to do it. If you don't know what you're doing before you go to the gym, if you don't have a set time on your calendar, if you don't know why you're eating a certain way or what to eat, it's never going to work out in the end and you're not going to see results because you don't have action items to get you there. This is a big thing I preach about having goals and understanding your goals and then understanding the action items that are required to get you there. It's the same of your nutrition and your fitness. If you're not structuring a bigger goal out with action items, there's no way for you to get, for you to achieve that. You can say all day long, I want to grow glutes. I want to get abs. I have all these specific fitness goals for myself. But if you're not asking yourself, am I eating enough to build muscle? Am I going to the gym and lifting legs two to three times a week so that I can grow glutes? Am I eating enough protein? Do I go to the gym five to six days a week so that I'm training my body so that I can grow muscle in the specific areas that I want? Am I adding in my active recovery days? Am I getting enough sleep? Am I going on walks daily to keep my steps up and keep my TDEE up? Those are all really important questions and understanding the plan that you need to develop for yourself. And it all truly starts with understanding your goals and then understanding how you're going to fit that into your schedule and make it achievable. Everyone's schedule is different. Everyone's goals are different. So you really need to have that moment with yourself or with a coach so that the plan can be aligned. If you don't have a plan in place, I truly believe you're setting yourself up for failure because you have to have some sort of plan to get you there. I was preaching a lot to my clients this week in their check-ins about having routines and making appointments for the gym. Don't just say that you're going to the gym and you're going to check off your to-do list. You need to time block and you need to have specific times that you do things on a routine basis. If you don't go to the gym at the same time every single day, I highly suggest you make an appointment on your calendar and you don't double book yourself. If you have the ability to go to the gym at the same time every single day, I highly suggest that you do specifically because it starts to build a habitual routine in your mind and you just kind of take action. You don't think about it. You don't have to really think about when you're going to go, what outfit you're going to wear. Like it's all just kind of a process. I wake up at five and I go to the gym just because that's a habit that I've built for myself. And I've taken the thinking completely out of it. It's just a pattern that I follow. And I know that if I'm going to work out that day, this is the timeframe that I'm going to do it in. Otherwise you come up with excuses, things get in the way, the day gets too busy, or you've lost motivation and now you've got to kind of pump yourself back up, which is just a really bad place to be in. If you want to be successful, 
you need to have some sort of plan. You need to know the workouts you're going to do when you get there. You need to know when you're going and you need to know how you're going to support yourself nutritionally after you put in all the energy at the gym. Now, lastly, I said I wanted to talk about having a morning routine because I truly believe that this is crucial when it comes to seeing success in your fitness journey. I don't think that you need to have a crazy morning routine like a 5 a.m. routine or getting up super early necessarily. I think it can be required for a lot of people, especially if you live a busy lifestyle and the gym just is constantly falling short in your life. I started doing my morning routine because I was falling short on time and I'm in a phase of life where I'm growing my business and I have a lot of things weighing on me and a lot of responsibilities. And I found myself putting the things that were important to me on the back burner. I would wait to try and get a workout in or I would try and structure it at the end of the day or in the middle of the day. And basically I was showing up as a person that was just sticking to the appointment just so I could be dedicated, but I wasn't excited to work out. I was having a really hard time working out. A lot of times I would have a bad day and I would have to cancel a workout just because of things going on in life. And I noticed that when I shifted to having a morning routine where I worked out in the morning and I got the most important tasks done right away, my productivity shifted and my days became so much more energy bound. I was able to push through the day because I didn't have that one task that I really wanted to complete weighing on me and I didn't have to try and focus on when I was going to get it in. And even on days when I don't work out, just having that structure in the morning where I spend time planning for the day and stretching and just having some me time, even where I get to meditate and visualize, it's totally changed the perspective of how I view my mornings and how I view my day. It brings a different energy out in me and it makes me feel way more productive than the days that I wake up and I just feel sluggish and I have to run and try and get caught up with everything because I'm behind. And I'll share with you, the other day I actually had a day where I didn't have my morning routine and everything kind of fell out of place. And it was just a reminder of why my morning routine is so important to me. I am not perfect. Like I don't hit my 5 a.m. morning routine every single day. And there are days that I wake up later than I'd like. It's funny too, like thinking about a couple of years ago when I would wake up at like 7 and 5 a.m. just didn't seem achievable. And now I wake up at 5.30 and I'm like, shoot, I'm late and I'm behind. And it can frustrate me sometimes. But the other day I actually wasn't sure if I was going to be working out because I was just really tired and thinking I needed an extra rest day. But I also knew I wanted to potentially go and lift legs. Like it was on the schedule and I was going to have an unplanned rest day. And I woke up in the morning. I had a terrible night's sleep. I think I slept two hours the whole night. I couldn't fall asleep and I was up and down all night. And I woke up at five just naturally and I couldn't decide if I was going to get up or if I was going to sleep some more. So I decided to sleep some more just because I had some hormonal stuff going on and I want to focus on making sure I'm getting enough sleep and recovery when I need it. But I was making those decisions in the moment. And when I woke up an hour later and I started to get ready for my day, I started to think about all of the different things that I could have accomplished for that time, regardless of if I went to the gym or not. And it really threw off the rest of my day because I had so many things that I needed to accomplish and I ended up working super late at night. And I remembered I have that structure and that routine for a reason. I wasn't able to plan like I usually am. I wasn't prepared for anything that was kind of coming at me that day. I didn't get a head start on any of the items that I like to get a head start on in my morning routine. I was rushing through breakfast. I was rushing through my morning. I was rushing from meeting to meeting the whole day. And it just threw off the energy for the entire day. 
And I think it's really important that you figure out a structure that works for you because once you get it down and once you have a routine that works for you, you feel limitless. And the days that you fall short and that they're not perfect, you remember why you lean so hard into your routines. And I'm the same way with my nighttime routine. I love spending three to four hours a night just focusing on the things that I need to do to set myself up for my morning routine the next day. I always say it's like my first step in my morning routine because I'm cleaning up spaces, I'm getting things organized in the morning, I'm not distracted with those items. And then I'm also spending some time with myself where I get to relax and rest before I go to bed and I get to do my skincare and do things that are just setting me up for success. So whatever your routines are, I think that having both a nighttime and a morning routine are so important and really crucial for anyone that's trying to be successful at anything that they do. It just kind of relies on you to figure out what those things are that are important to you and making sure that you're sticking to them consistently. I have a whole episode on creating a morning and nighttime routine. I'll list it in the show notes for you. But if you are looking for any sort of support with your fitness journey, your health journey, I have opened up April and May one-on-one coaching spots. And I always take active applications on the wait list, which I will link in the show notes. I also released our summer shredding program on my fitness app. This is a more inclusive fitness app that is on demand and is a little bit more affordable to somebody who's just looking for workout guidance. This is on my playbook app. If you use the link down in the show notes, you'll be able to get one week free on me. And I also have several other workout programs in there. But if you're looking for someone to create you a specific workout plan and work with you one-on-one, you can join my one-on-one coaching waitlist or apply for coaching and we can work on your fitness and health goals together. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I am trying to get a little bit better about posting this on the Balance and Barbells podcast page. If you don't follow that over on Instagram already, you can. It's linked in the show notes for you as well. But I'm trying to post regularly on there for the podcast when I have new episodes and just keeping some very structured content around things that we talk about on the podcast all the time, like workouts, routines, nutrition, just so you have a more structured place. But you can find all the podcast episodes over on that social media page. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode.